Dearly beloved, we are gathered here together today, although not too closely because of how fat we are, to mourn the loss of a bright star in the constellation firmament. Uh, take, let's take it again. Of uh, fast food, the Cool Ranch flavor Doritos Locos tacos. Oh no! Two Locos to Vida. <laughs> Two Guapo to Wow. Yeah, man, Taco Bell is 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 cutting the fat. Well, they're not cutting the fat, but they're uh, cutting down uh, their menu items. We're losing both the Cool Ranch and the Fiery Doritos taco, leaving us only nacho cheese. The original Doritos. Yeah, the original Poindexter of Doritos flavors. And they're losing other things like the beefy mini quesadilla. They're not serving chips and salsa anymore. Oh, um, I like their chips and salsa. No, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, no double tostada. The power menu burrito. I don't even know what the power menu is, to be honest. <laughs> Sounds and like the something XXL secret. grilled stuffed burrito. Which, okay. Let's face it. That's that's too much. The, the suspension in your car squeaks when they hand it to you out of the uh, <laughs> drive-through. But yeah, what? And the, oh, the Double Decker Taco, too. Oh, no. Which has been around uh, for 10 years, almost. What do you think now, uh, as somebody inspired who, this? Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, this happens. You know, you have yeah. menu items. And, but usually, like, things come and go. Like, the... Um, what do they have? the like the, Do they do the Mexi Melt still? I think they got rid of the Mexi Melt, right? I, I have no idea. There's a lot of things that come and go. They had their light menu. This is a while ago. Well, yeah, I remember their light which menu. Which I thought was pretty popular, but I think they just... They decided to get rid of it, Yeah, so. not going to be a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, fast food restaurants do this. They um, they clean out the closets, if you sure. will. Uh, and I wish they wouldn't, because a lot of the times, those are things that I like. Right. Giving, like, you know, unique options. Yes, the the... Big Mac's always going to be there. But what about the um, McDLT? The McDLT that's, a, that's a success story, right? That's yes. back. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. What about the the McRib? They always are bringing that back. Well, that and then is that goes away and... a promo that yeah. gets you to come in uh, right. once a year. But yeah, I don't know. Um, as somebody who eats exclusively uh, chicken quesadillas, um, you, you probably don't <laughs> yes. have an opinion on this, but... Well, I mean, that is my go-to they, item. What if they drop the chicken quesadilla? I don't know what I would do. There's just one woman in the Midwest <laughs> who's eating the chicken quesadilla. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. Um, I think I'd have to find a different, like, alternative, like a taco, or maybe I would just eat their beef, their ground beef tacos or something like that. There must... I mean, things that stand out or things that are, like, um, highlighted on their menu... Must be yeah. things that people eat all the time. It must be. Um, like the cheesy gordita crunch. Uh-huh. I would never get that. Sure. I don't... I think tortillas are the um, delivery vehicle yes. for Mexican food. Uh, if they are tasty or well-made, great. If they're not, they're really... They're double bad. Right. But like having a taco then wrapped in their flatbread for their gordita, which... Yeah. I don't know. I, I had... Gordita. Actually, what was it? The chalupa was the fried gordita, right? That's I think when so. they fried it. That was good. But having a, a regular taco with their okay uh, nacho sauce right. wrapped in their kind of cardboardy. I would never eat a cheesy gordita crunch, right. but that is like top five on their menu. Right. Um, the loaded grillers, again, all you're doing is just grilling the outside the tortilla, which right. again, I don't really. I come for the crunch, I don't come for the chew. Right. No, I get what you're saying. So, I don't know. Me and Taco Bell, we're heading in different directions, I feel. 
<laughs> they had yeah. another, yeah, they had soft taco. That's something that you eat when you're, you know, trying to lose weight or something. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. What would you do if they got rid of like the Baja Blast or something like that? Okay. Well, I mean, that's just, that's crazy talk. <laughs> let's, let's reel that in. All right. All right. Uh, or the Mexican pizza, which for a long time was their highest caloric item, is like a thousand wow. calories. You know, it's just oh taking two and a half tacos worth, uh, right, and just smashing it flat, and then covering that as well with uh, cheese. And, and yeah, yeah, that sounds gross. <laughs> Those who have not tasted should not speak i guess not i maybe i need to be more adventuresome with my choices at taco bell yeah stay away from those uh those loaded grillers though okay (laughs) so anyway yeah what if they took away the cinnamon twists i would be so sad i would be super super sad if they took away the cinnamon twists because i like those a lot too i like the potato when they stick potatoes and stuff and it's not like their potatoes are even all that good um i've taken to uh you it's hard to replicate the specific aspect, like this is okay. This is what I'm really mad about. You can't make a Doritos Locos taco at home. Yes. You can go out, you can buy an El Paso. I think they actually make nacho cheese shells, but yes. they're not the same. But, so like having a cool ranch flavor of a delicious taco shell with the beef and everything else and sour cream, you can't do that at home. No, but you like, can't. I like the idea of a meat and potato burrito, but theirs don't blow me away. So I've taken to making it at home. I will fry up some Mexican spiced potatoes. Sure. I'll get some Velveeta, melt it down. Yeah. I'll cook up some ground beef, you know, and then I'll get my own whatever it is brand of delicious uh, flour tortilla. You yeah. put it all in there. You got a meat and potato a nacho burrito. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Yeah. So they can lose that. I'll make that at home. Right. Right, right, right. Just bring me my cool ranch tacos. I know what you're saying. You want to be able to eat the things that you can't make at home. What if I only jogged to the border? From here on out. Maybe, maybe you won't be running so much. Now watch yourself, Taco Bell. You need me more than I need you. That is so true. That's not true at all. That's not true at all. Uh, what's true is, is that you've found the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikan Hana. And we're here to give you all the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment. Also, we're going to talk about a... Something that uh, was taken away and has been brought back to us. Yes. Uh, and we'll talk about whether that's a good or a bad thing. The Dark Crystal. Mm-hmm. A property from... 1982. Ages past. Yes. The narrator tells you, for thousands of cycles or whatever, the things were gone through the mists of time. Yes. Something that uh, I think Netflix... I, I don't know. I, I, I don't... Um, I know advertising works... It doesn't really work on me because I never see it. So I don't know how much <laughs> advertising Netflix has tried to do to promote this, but I feel right. like a lot of that work was trying to explain to people what this is. I understand what you're saying. Your core audience was born long, long after this was a very unsuccessful film. Right. So, like, what is the work of going, hear me out. There are some elves whose faces don't move. Stay with me here. Yes. And then some half-eaten bird uh, carcass creatures are mad at them. Wait a minute. Also, um, a ball of fur uh, barks at you. Yeah. Oh, now you're on board. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into that. Uh, And also, we're talking, of course, about the Netflix series Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Yes. Featuring more stars than 
pretty much any movie that's in, in uh, on screen right now. Right. An all-star, star-studded cast. Yes. Who are we talking about that? How's it going? Uh, it's going good. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to be talking about The Dark Crystal today uh, in all of its glory, question mark. Um, our, um, uh, it's just, it's interesting, like you, you were talking about how, like, pe- you might have to describe to people, like, what it is. It's interesting that that they decided that this is a property that we want to bring back Um, because, like you said, it wasn't initially as popular as maybe they were hoping it would be. I feel like every other show is about something that's on Netflix and this is the good side of the Netflix spending spree, which is... A lot of the time we're going uh, four seasons of 13 Reasons Why, why being the operative word. Yes. Um, And Netflix is completely indiscriminate. And sometimes they hit something that maybe did deserve another chance, which is is The Dark Crystal. And we'll talk about whether it did uh, and how they did it. Uh, But I know that they had been kicking this around for a while. Um, When are we going to get that Farscape show? That is a very good Seems like Netflix is where it's going to land, right? Yeah. I think Farscape is still streaming on Netflix. Um, it's a property with, without a home, really. I don't think it's been uh, corralled into any of these walled gardens that um, every single IP holder is creating now. Right. So if you've got the license still and Henson doesn't have a deal with anybody, let's do it, right? Yeah. Back to Dark Crystal. They'd been shopping this around for a while. We had actually reported on this a couple of years ago that mm-hmm. there was like a comic book they were talking about and they wanted to do a movie or maybe a TV show. And so this right. is the result of that. Yes. And we'll talk about it later. But first, we got to talk about the news. And we got so good at jumping into the news. I forgot to mention that you should definitely uh, check out our survey. Uh, there's a link in the, in the show notes if you haven't yes. taken it yet. This is your last chance. We're finally going to close the doors on the survey. Survey concerns our internet radio ambitions. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to do with that, uh, Just Enough Trump Radio is cooking up like yes. um, like a, like a stir uh, fry? mushroom risotto oh. <laughs> uh, in Breath of the Wild. All right. And we're trying to figure out what we want to give to you. We want you to get what we want to give. And so you can give us our opinions in a very short survey. Like I said, look in the show notes to find that survey. We'd appreciate if you take that. Also, we've got Patreon content. That's right. Our Patreon has existed. We've always been willing to take your money. Uh, just for those free services we provide. But we are now looking to populate it with more content, um, just things of interest to you, a nerd in the world. And the first shot in that volley is our new show, Sailor Noob. That's where right. a Sailor Moon expert and a Sailor Moon uh, virgin. <laughs> Moon, Diana, sure? goddess of virginity. That works. Uh, <laughs> talk about uh, Sailor Moon, episode by episode. Yes. All 200 episodes. Uh, going through, talking about uh, what goes on in the uh, episode, um, the characters, um, the story behind its creation. Also looking at the aspects and elements of Japanese culture that you see in there. Yes. So a little nerdy and a little mm-hmm. party all in one show. That's right. That's available to our subscribers. Uh, go to patreon.com forward slash just enough trope to check that out. Okay, we're going to clean up some of the news we didn't get to uh, about D23 from last week. All right, sounds good. Uh, I wanted to mention the Black Widow poster and the WandaVision poster that were revealed at that show. Yes. I don't think that they've actually been revealed 
on the internet yet. I mean, there are pictures that Disney has not threatened to take down right. that um, attendees from D23 have taken. So Disney's going with a um, viral, why would we pay for it marketing scheme here. I guess so. But anyway, we have seen a picture of the Black Widow poster. Yes. And it features uh, art by Art Guy. I don't, I don't know the artist. I got to look it up. But um, And it features Natasha. And then she's flanked by the faces of the people who will appear in the film. Yes. She's got a new suit. Uh-huh. Of course because she does. I don't know. Is this is the prequel? This, I believe, we don't really know. takes place between Civil War, where she kind of like disappears and goes off on her own, and uh, Infinity War. That's what I've heard. Anyways. She disappears and goes off on her own after uh, Winter Soldier, too. So well, that's a lot true. of spending time on her own. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, features uh, David Harbour as um, the Red Guardian. Yep. Um, which it, I take it that that's going to be... I don't know how they're going to tackle that. I mean, in the comics, he's kind of a Russian Captain America. So sure. maybe he'll be like a Russian Captain America. Of course, it's David Harbour. So maybe it's like a few years on because yeah. you wonder how they're going to do the Russian stuff in the you know post-fall, the Soviet well, Union true. thing. But if it's David Harbour, then in his 20s, maybe he was Russian Captain America. Well, that could be. Yeah, I could see that. And Rachel Weiss in a mysterious role that I'm yep. assuming is going to be. I, sorry, Julie Delpy. I guess you weren't. Uh, enough star power, but <laughs> you, of course, uh, played the um, headmistress of the Red Room sure. in Age of Ultron, but I feel like Rachel Weisz will have a role like that in that's, this. That's what I think as well. And yeah. then Florence Pugh as um, Leah Lena Belova, yeah. the uh, insouciant, snotty uh, potential replacement for Natasha. Yes. And then some other people's faces who... We don't know. I don't know. I figure they're just uh, other Red Room they're all girls, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. So other red room faces. Yeah. Uh, a diverse cast of faces, but of course, yeah. the white girl is the main star of that. Right. And, and then, then a face that we don't know. Uh, Taskmaster, of course. Yeah. Yes. That's the uh, major villain in this. Yes. Um, May 2020. Yeah. Uh, less than a year. So that's coming up pretty quick, actually. Good observation. <laughs> what do you think? Um, I'm excited to see Taskmaster, just from what I've heard about him, that he, like, uh, learns your moves and like then copies them. Um, I think he's going to be a challenge for Natasha. Wouldn't your moves be the moves that you understand the best, though? Yeah, that's true. So you're <laughs> saying like he should understand his own if moves the best? You maybe you have a devastating left hook, right? Mm-hmm. But you get, you, I guess, if you get hit with that left hook once, you go, "Oh, it's my left hook." Okay, well, I throw this left hook all the time. I understand the defense against my own attack, or maybe you right. don't. Maybe the fire is the best weapon against the fire. I see what you're saying. What if you're Muhammad Ali, and you're just roping open him, and then Taz is like, I'm going to rope it up, and then you just go to 15 rounds, two guys just rolling around on the ropes. Well, right. <laughs> is that what we're going to have? I, I kind of feel like maybe we're going to have no, that. What, what we're going to have is, she's going to put her legs around his head, he's going to yeah. flip around put his legs on her head, right. and they're just going to spin around and create free energy. <laughs> It's a perpetual motion machine of two people just spinning around oh on each gosh. other's heads. Uh, we also saw the WandaVision poster. Yes. And again, by the same artist. And I don't think these are the official posters. These look like 
variant covers to comic books to me. I not, understand. What I don't you're mean saying. to like. I'm not shitting on, shitting on them. They look cool, but I don't think these are going to be the official posters. And it's a picture of uh, Wanda and somebody who doesn't look much like Paul Bettany, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, sitting on a couch in a sort of a 50s esque uh, living room. Yep. Uh, and their shadows on the wall, cast by the TV, are the outlines of. The Vision and the Scarlet Witch in her comics costume that she's yes. never worn in the movies. So You're absolutely right. That gives more fuel to my theory about it, just it being, being variant. Like a comic esque kind of thing. Yeah, no, I see exactly what you're saying. I, I do like the thing that, that their shadows are cast and it's their, their costumes. Yeah, I do uh, like that. Phantom Menace called it once its idea back. <laughs> right. <laughs> um,. I think it's a little interesting that they decided to do a poster for WandaVision because that's a Disney Plus show that is further on down the line. Um, I can't remember now off the top of my head which one comes first. Is Loki first or is... I think Loki will be the first. Okay. All right. So I think Loki's first and then it's followed shortly thereafter by uh, Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon, I think. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm kind of confused as to why they decided to do the WandaVision poster, but maybe they just want to get people to talk about it. You got to keep it alive in their in their minds. Yeah. In their yeah. visions. Sure, in their visions. You've mentioned Loki. Uh, it was announced that uh, Kate Heron uh, will be directing some episodes of Loki. She okay. was a, a director on a lot of uh, sex education for Netflix. Oh, I like sex education. I think that's a great show. So. A different tone. <laughs> oh, I, I think it should be a different tone. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but that sounds good. Um, good to get some female directors in there. So um, that, that's all positive. Yeah. Did we talk about how um, James Gunn, uh, of course, he's doing Suicide Squad. Right. Uh, we talked about how um, Steve Agee was cast as King Shark. I believe we did. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's recently been announced that Nathan Fillion will be joining the cast of Suicide Squad. I heard that as well. In a unknown role. But of yeah. course, uh, they worked together on one of Gunn's first films, uh, Slither, yeah. in 2006. Mm-hmm. So this is shaping up to be a real whacktastic jamboree. You think it's going to be more than, than like serious, this is serious, we're, we're the squad and we're going to... We're going to take down the bad guys so we can get our freedom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I maybe, mean, I'm guessing maybe Nathan Fillion, who, let's face it, why doesn't the guy have a movie career already? Um, whenever I know. he gets a movie role, it's like a joke. So he will be the, this movie's slipknot. You know, he'll be the guy who's like, hey, everybody, I'm Catman. He's going to be Catman. Let's just, oh let's just pick that right now. Too ridiculous in the minds of the film creators to survive. Right. So he'll get eaten by dogs, you know, in the first reel or something. Oh my like goodness. That, and then we'll just move on. I That's I think guess. it's I think it's a, a shame that he hasn't been cast as like Booster Gold and something. He's yet. been working. Yeah, that'd be great. But he's been working steadily on TV. Well, that's since true. The, the end of Firefly. Firefly. So yeah, no complaints coming from his area uh disney did announce that uh their shows will come out weekly oh okay uh in the style of like a star trek discovery or something like that so they won't all come out in one big shot like netflix you won't get to binge watch them right okay that's that's okay i don't have a problem with that yeah i like that too um let's also talk real quick about the fact that disney wants to do another muppets show they are doing another muppet show oh okay do we have any idea what they're doing or they just sort of like 
let's do another Jim Henson. Let's we like working with you guys. Let's do another show. We don't know. Uh, it will be a short form uh, unscripted show uh, called okay. tentatively Muppets Now. Oh, I see. So they they specifically want a Muppet show with Kermit and Miss Piggy and all that. The yeah, the Muppets will okay. be front and center. Okay, all right, sounds good. Um, I guess I'm a little confused. So is it just Sesame Street that's on HBO? It's not yeah. like all of the Henson properties. Okay. Yeah, children's television workshop. Okay. All right. Um, interesting. I mean, didn't they? They tried a couple of years ago yeah. to do another Muppet show, and yeah. that didn't really work. And there was also a rumored Muppet show before this, which is not this one, that was going to involve Josh Gad somehow. Because why not? Um, I'm not sure I know who that is. Josh Gad. No, I don't. He think I was in is. just about everything for a couple of years. Okay. He is the voice of the snowman in Frozen. Okay. Okay. Uh, he was the voice of one of the abused dogs in that movie. They got in trouble for abusing dogs. Awesome. Uh, he was everywhere for a little while. He okay. Has, he's he's like a let a little bit of the air out of uh, Jonah Hill, and right make him. And I can say this because you're Jewish, Jewier, <laughs> and you've got that's Josh Gad. Okay, all right. But as far as his live, I literally can't think of a live action role that he was in that you would that I would know. You would know or remember. Okay, all right. Um, I I hope that this Muppet Show is more successful than the last one. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. What can we do with the Muppets now? Don't get me wrong. I grew up. Watching the Muppet Show. Oh yeah, me too. Learning who Buffalo Springfield was. Uh, <laughs> Muppet Show is pretty old at this point. Yeah. Uh, seeing Vincent Price show up or whatever, and sure. that's a lot of my sort of comedic sensibility comes from the Muppet Show. Yeah, I absolutely. Say Waka Waka, unironically. <laughs> but except for that pretty good one in like the late '90s or early 2000s, um, which was a little darker, mm-hmm. but was uh, pretty much the same thing. There just hasn't. Yeah, they're not they're not doing it. Do do you at the very least Muppet Babies, right? Oh, Muppet Babies was fun. Um, what do do you think that they're they're not as relevant anymore? I mean, I think nobody knows what to do with them, and they were always maybe it's a situation where they birthed the kind of tongue and cheek wink and nudge thing that we've got now. The fact that Thirty Rock exists. Well, right. I was just thinking about that. It was pointed out that. It's just the Muppet Show, live, <laughs> action. live action, yeah. and they're like, "Yeah, that's what we're doing." Yeah, right. And it, it was so successful. Thirty, well, I mean, pretty successful. Thirty Rock. We all love it. I don't know if we all watched it. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just the thing where it's like, it, how do you do a Fantastic Four movie now that we've had incredible two Incredibles movies? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And three bad uh, Fantastic Four movies. Right. And that show starring Michael Chiklis uh, on ABC. Well, I don't super, remember. Super Family or whatever it's called. That. No Ordinary oh, Family. Wow. Go back to the drawing board. Yeah. For that title. Side note, I looked up why the shield was on Legion in that one episode. Yeah, why was it? It's not a good reason. Oh. No, Holly's just drunk with power at this point. <laughs> so we talked about Legion a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're continuing to watch the third season of the show. Yes. What's happening on the show is that um, the main character, David, has turned into a bad guy, but he feels bad about it and he wants to harness the power of time travel to change events so he can be a good guy again, yes. which is not how anything works, but that's no. kind of the point. 
And so he's got this this girl whose time travel powers, they're using them, and they're kind of breaking time. They're kind of screwing yes. up and, and making things bad. And so the characters are walking around and like seeing things repeat. They're showing up in places and not knowing how they got there. Like the whole world is experiencing these time distortions. He wanted the viewer to experience a weird time distortion. And so at the coming back from the second commercial break, uh, suddenly we're watching Michael Chiklis as Vic Mackey in The Shield right. FX series from 10 years ago right. until it flips back into the regular show. And so it's supposed to be like an Andy Kaufman meta-esque moment where you're like, am I back in time watching a show from the past? I see. It's like, all right. Okay. Well, I thought maybe like... If you're going to dig into FX clips, let's see some Always Sunny in Philadelphia, right? Sure. If you've got access to their library, what are we doing here? Well, I, I guess I just thought that like maybe he had some like personal connection to the TV show or something like that, but that wasn't it either. It was just like... No, and having seen all seven seasons of The Shield, uh, I could think of 10 other clips that would have been better than the one that they did, which okay. I'm not sure if they were going for thematic resonance, but wasn't feeling it. Um, speaking of feeling things uh, and Suicide Squad, Taika Watiti is apparently in talks to join the James Gunn film. I heard about that. Um, he's like everywhere. So um... what do you want to do, man? Oh, do you want to act or you want to direct? Is that what, do you what you're want saying? To do? Yeah, yeah, I know. He wants to do it all. Yeah. I think um, there. Nobody knows what he's going to play. Uh, that's fine, but yeah, he doesn't want to play a, a director of a <laughs> billion-dollar earning film. I, 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 I know. So that it makes me think: Was well, he going to do Suicide Squad? I mean, I know Thor Four has like a while before it actually comes out, so I guess he's doing Suicide Squad before that. Uh, and he isn't there like another film that he's supposed to direct, and I don't know when that's going to happen. Well, he is going to need a job once Jojo Rabbit comes out, and Ooh, uh, yeah, uh, offends everyone. Right? Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. I know. Uh, any more Disney news? Do you have any comments on the footage about uh, the Rise of the Skywalker footage? Um, I don't know what to think about um, the evil Ray, the Sith Ray, or the Sith. C-3PO. I think... Sith-3PO. Right. Um, I I think, like, the evil Ray. I mean, that could be... I, I even heard somewhere that it's a, a quote-unquote vision. It could be a vision. It could be a dream. I don't think that what we're seeing is necessarily real. You know, um... Well, you're, you're, you're right on the nose in that. Uh, the official Disney website, uh, in their description of the footage... Um, was describing it and said that we see this, we see this, and then we see, you know, a vision of Ray, you know, with a red lightsaber. Uh, and then right. they later, if they had just left it, it probably would have been fine. But then yes. they scrambled to change it to, we see the uh, the sight of Ray or something like that. Right. Because they the word vision the is charged in a universe where people use the force and see things in possible futures. Well, right. Which tells me that that is what it is. So, um, case closed. I'm, Moving on. I'm not upset about it. Um, I like the fact that when she's fighting Kylo Ren on the water thing, you can look in the puddles in the uh, water yes. and see that they haven't rendered his cape in. <laughs> the yes. cape is apparently all CGI. Yeah. Although, would he even reflect? Are those f reflections um, uh, practical? Oh, that is a good question. Yeah. I don't know. If I didn't they see are. if they stepped in like real water puddles, you know. I mean, how would you even know? They would just render. 
ripples, you know, and the reflection right. of you in a puddle. But they didn't render the cape for some reason. So yeah, so that'll that be kind of sticks out. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Other than that, it's hard to tell. Um, I we keep talking obliquely on every episode about Star Wars and. What they've got ahead of them, so mm-hmm. let's not do it on this one. But let's talk about the Obi-Wan TV show, which has been confirmed. Yes. Starring Ewan McGregor. Yes. Like we said, the one of the best long bets in history. Um, <laughs> only outstripped by the long bet of Ian McDermott as the Emperor going, Right? It's coming back around. Right. It's coming back around. <laughs> yes. No one's ever really gone. No one's ever really gone. <laughs> That's not our bet. Uh, the show will take place eight years after Revenge of the Sith. Okay. I mean, sure. Why not? I don't... How long has it been since the prequel films? It's been longer than eight years, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he... Yeah. There was a comic book story in, I think, the recent Marvel Star Wars comics. Okay. Um, where Obi-Wan... Basically, it's like, how close can we get to breaking canon without breaking it? Uh-huh. And somebody come, you know, the whole point is, is that they're hiding Luke on Tatooine. He's supposed to be living his life, but also watching out for Luke, right? And yes. so somebody yes. gets wind of something and they send some killers and they actually end up confronting Luke. And he has to save Luke, but also does it in a way that Luke won't know that he's obi-wan kenobi or that he's any more than ben kenobi and i remember being in a i think maybe jason aaron wrote it like it was an okay story okay um they could do that in this show and just have luke be eight instead of being 14 or whatever he was in that comic yeah 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 that would make sense um and I think that that could play out pretty good and uh, makes sense that somebody, you know, in the intermittent years is going to go after Luke. Some, you know, maybe they didn't hide him quite as well as they thought they did. Mm, yeah. Maybe somebody <laughs> um, put the screws literally to the uh, birthing robot. Oh, boy. Right? <laughs> Tell me everything you know. I don't even think about she that. She said, Luke, <laughs> Leia. <laughs> now you know more than that. Tell me. <laughs> That's pretty good. Maybe they don't have um, HIPAA laws in the Star Wars galaxy. Oh, my so goodness. So they just looked up and went, wait a minute. <laughs> right next to this death certificate, there's two birth certificates. <laughs> Father, marked as Lars. <laughs> Lars Owen Kenobi or whatever. It's, right, yeah, right. Yeah, get him. So. <laughs> um, I, could, I could see that. I could see HIPAA not being a thing. <laughs> Joel Edgerton. Is uh, Lars, uh, we should talk about Joel Edgerton. Uh, he's yeah. got a movie coming out on Netflix called The King. Yes. Which is a modern, but not modern, still swords. Yes. Uh, sort of reimagining, re uh, retelling of the tale of Henry V. Yes. It is co-written by him and other guy, who uh, other guy is also directing it. Yeah. And Joel Edgerton has cast himself as Falstaff. Because he's too old to play Henry V. Yeah. And he's really uh, leaned into the role. Uh, we used to joke that Joel Edgerton was the puffy Sam Worthington, but right. Joel Edgerton is now the puffy Joel Edgerton, <laughs> which makes him double puff. Oh, you don't. Sam no, Worthington. Double puff. <laughs> is that extra delicious because he's double puff? <laughs> I guess. It's just sweet lard. I don't know what people see in it. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm not impugning his skills as a writer i'm not really familiar with his skills as a writer i do think that he's an okay actor but he tends to end up in roles in real edgy movies he's a drooler he's a drooler okay sure like a um guy that plays the punisher 
Oh, God. What is his, what's his name? Be, uh, ben Vereen. Not it. Although, um. Ben Vereen is the Punisher. <laughs> You're like, it's time to dance on crime's face. <laughs> yeah, he times his tap dancing to the guns. Absolutely. Yeah, the bullets. Uh, That's great. I don't remember his name. Sorry, huge fans of the Punisher. but I can't remember the guy's name. But I know that he works too hard. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Everything yeah, yeah. he's in. Like, he was in Fury. Now, Fury is a David Ayer movie. Also, this guy's in a lot of David Ayer movies. David Ayer is the ultimate, you know, try uh, edgy tryhard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, it's like, what if we just played straight a amoral crew of uh, tank drivers who are maybe rapists, definitely war criminals. What if yeah. we just did that? No, can I still do like I got an accent like this and my head is shaved and I'm like, oh, I'll get them crowds. <laughs> sure, sure, you can do that. Go ahead. Uh, I know. Whatever your name is. I know. Um, that's, you know, and the funny thing about The Punisher is that like, and we've been talking long enough at this point that we need to know his name. So why don't you look up his name while I <laughs> okay. keep talking about The All Punisher. Right. But the thing about The Punisher is he has moments like that in The Punisher, but The Punisher is actually weirdly like one of his most um, uh, nuanced like roles. Like he doesn't do that. Like the, the, the big standout of The Punisher thing is like the one batch, two batch thing, right? Not in his own series. In, yeah. Um, yeah. In the Daredevil series, which is like a restrained uh relatable sort of sort of speech like i was like wow this guy's actually doing okay now then you go to his own series and he's like i'm gonna hit this wall with this sledgehammer i'll be like whoa that guy's he's sledging of all the hammers he's the sledgiest right I, i get exactly what you're saying yeah um i'm trying to pull it up here but you are computer not is taking a while. A Googler. I don't even know what the problem is. It's a it's a blank space. The the and computer you write went to the sleep. Name, Taylor and, Swift. Uh, I don't know the the, <sighs> the code. Right. Well, anyway, the actor behind the Punisher, his name is Royce Johnson. That's not what. That's the first name I saw in this article that I looked up okay. that promised me that his name would be there. We're making a whole bet out of this. <laughs> Uh, actually, it's Brett Mahoney. Nope, that's who Royce Johnson plays. Uh, we're just going to keep going. Okay, all uh, right. It's, it, it's Amy Rutberg. Nope, that's the <laughs> co-star of The Punisher. Now, how long does it have to go until we get to until the name of the guy? name. Yeah, I don't know. This is ridiculous. Look, it's Jeff Loeb. We know that it's Jeff Loeb. <laughs> it's John Bernthal. Okay, that sounds I right. I should have just said Thomas Jane and we ended the segment. That would have been a lot funnier, but... <laughs> Yeah, that Tom Jane, he's always overacting. It's like the opposite of a Tom Jane. Yeah. Um, one unit true. of Tom Jane equals one under underplayed thing. Uh, Mortal Kombat is coming back. Yes. Can you believe it? I cannot. I have, I have to confess. New Line Cinema, which I, may have did the old one. Maybe. I think Mortal Kombat was a New Line movie. I have not seen the original Mortal Kombat. Well, there's nothing we can do with you. <laughs> Much like the original Mortal Kombat. Yes. Eh, let's say the sequel. You don't know who any of these people are. Oh, okay. No. They're all, right. all like B movie um, stunt actors, okay. um, karate actors. I mean, I guess that makes karate sense. Karate actors, new series on YouTube. You know you'd watch it. <laughs> I totally would. So it's kind of a it's a, it's a bet. It's a bet on these people. But yeah. if we can keep the sort of cheesy fun, but like double down on good effects, yeah, because it's all. You're shooting ice balls and stuff, right? right it's all right, effects. Right. And we now we won't take bullshit karate anymore. We need like 
real actual deal. karate. Yeah, Ray Park kicking somebody in the face. Right. Uh, none of this doing the splits uh, on your kitchen counters. <laughs> um, Just seating some ideas for the future. Yes. Something to talk about. Um, I want to know, like... Don't you feel like maybe they should have there there are no names, that's fine, but maybe like make the bad guy like a name? Jean Claude Van Damme. That would be awesome. I'm still kicking. Yeah. I must be on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or Ron Silver. Yeah, that'd be great. Ron Silver so Time Cup, terrible film, but came at the exact right time for many people who are now creating things. Yes. And so when uh, this is not a name day for me. This it's is okay. not my name day. Uh, when Dan Harmon and Rob Schraub created Heat Vision and Jack. Yes. The most famous unbought pilot of all time. Yeah. Uh, the bad guy in it, uh, who was uh, trying to capture uh, Jack Black's um, genius uh, astronaut and his motorcycle, vo- voiced by Owen Wilson. Yeah. Was Ron Silver. Oh, really? The actor Ron Silver playing the actor Ron Silver. Oh, my goodness. My head is going to explode. <laughs> yes. Somehow he was involved in a government conspiracy. And so he was basically playing his character from, from Time, Time Cop, Cop. The guy that, like, eats nuts and then smashes his AIDS face into a wall and then yes. eats more nuts. <laughs> okay. Don't see Ron Silver in a while. That's funny. Yeah, what's he Actually, that's to? not true. He's probably on a CBS political show and is doing great. But I haven't seen him in a while. No, I haven't either. Um, Seems like Time Cop maybe wasn't the... Coming out that he hoped it would yeah, be. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> for anybody. <laughs> for anybody. Bruce McGill did okay, but everybody else. Right? Yeah, Mia, Sarah, nobody got out of that one alive. <laughs> uh, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, I got a story about Rotten Tomatoes. I don't really want to talk about it. Okay. Uh, Andy Muschietti, director of the It films. Oh, yeah. Uh, among some other horror films, uh, is now signed on. He's the net waiting on a line. Of to be the next to direct the Flash movie. Are you serious? Yes. Well, that seems like a kind of odd choice. Well, they asked him about that, uh, and he okay. said, "It's I know I'm a horror guy. It's not going to be a horror thing. This will be a celebration of okay, the light fun flashness." Okay, I guess we'll just see a different side of his directing ability then. Um, interesting <laughs> to see. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, okay. Uh, best of luck. And hopefully this movie will actually get made. That's kind of how I feel at this point. Because um, I don't even know how many iterations or, like, versions of this movie we've talked about at this point. Is it weighted on a line of greens and blues? Is that how it goes? What? What is why? What does that even mean? I don't know what that means. You know the song? No, I don't. I'm the one who wants to be with you. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that song. Deep now that you say it, I hope you feel, feel it too. Oh, feel now you're throwing it, it to me. You forgot that's the <laughs> grace. You got to do that. Feel it too. Wait, okay, all right. <laughs> Not the just enough singing. Perfect okay, pitch podcast. Okay, all right. It's weighted on a line of greens and blues. Does it just rhyme? Is that why they did it? He's he's singing a song. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to save this. Let's finish up the news. Okay. Uh, the Joker, speaking of greens and uh, oranges, uh, <laughs> yeah. the Joker got an eight-minute standing ovation at Venice Film Festival. The reviews are in. You are The Joker me. is wild about getting his Oscar because it's such a good movie. Seriously? Okay, let me talk about this. I, I wanna I wanna see a video. I wanna know what this means because I have been a 
stage performer for most of my life. Yes. And I have received um, some standing ovations. I have received some applause where you're like, okay, okay. All right. People, please, please, please. Not personally. It could have been the guy next to me, but I've been on the receiving end of that. Yes. Eight minutes is a long time. It's a very long time. You know, you've been listening to this podcast for eight times something minutes. Right. Uh, We could do a bit. We're not going to do it. Where I'll just say, I'm starting it. We'll do some more stories and come back. In fact, I just described it. We should have done it. What a great bit. We're not doing it. (laughs) You would be surprised how long eight minutes is. Nobody's going to stand around for eight minutes for a clap. So you're talking about like... After the movie was over, people clapped. Then uh, director Todd Phillips came out and said, let me introduce the cast to you. And then they brought Joaquim out and people clapped for 45 seconds, which is also a very long time. That is a very then they brought, long time. No, this is, I'm making oh, this up. Okay, this didn't I happen. See. And then you bring Robert De Niro out and people clap for Mean Streets or whatever. And then they're clapping for a long time. And it all adds up to eight minutes. It's not like the last credits rolled and the projector went. They don't even do that anymore because it's digital. Right. And then people just like. And it just went for eight minutes? I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around because even like, you know, you go to a, a, a concert and people stand up and clap to get the 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 ovation, uh, the standard standing ovation like. Um, uh, you mean the encore. The encore. Thank you. That's what I meant. Um, uh, John Bernthal. Right. You, you want you want the musicians to come back out. They're I'll gonna, call to you, encore. I'll come out and play right. hits. They're, right. they're going to come back yeah. out regardless if you clap or not. So you can just stand around and let everybody else clap. But even that is like maybe a minute and a half, two minutes tops, you know, and then they come back out and they play two to three more songs. And Which point? It's not eight minutes. I'm guessing there's a point. They're, they're, that is a ridiculously long amount of time. Yeah. For a standing ovation. I, it's hard for me to imagine what that even looks like. Yeah. It's hard for me to imagine this movie's any good. We'll have a review when it comes out later this year. Yeah. Uh, hey, speaking of reviews of things, what's your review of the Terminator Dark Fate trailer? Um, I don't know. It looks okay. It's um, coming together. It's It looks better than the last trailer, but... I think it's coming together. Okay. Um, I mean... Sarah Connor is like a, a badass, so you know, whatever. Um, but I don't know which version of Arnold they they meet, you know, because it's not the one in T two because he like melts himself. I guess I said everything. your thoughts, so these are your thoughts, not yeah. whether it's good or bad. You just ask literally give me your thoughts. Well but she says you think I'm gonna kill you at the end. I don't end. think that Geniasis exists, so he's not liquid metal Arnie. That's not that's not a thing. Right. Right. I just, I don't know what version of Arnie he is, what I could, guess. Who could he even be? I have no idea. Plus, there's time travel, so we don't even know. They could have gone back in time and pulled him out of the, the molten... That's true. Ma- it could be T2 Arnold. Like, we don't know. Okay. And I've got two things. One, actually, I've got three. First one is, stop, stop. Stop making these movies? Yeah. Two, yeah. it stopped because at this point it's so messed up. Uh, I get that you think that... Um, Time travel, which can rewrite history, allows you to do a reboot without doing a reboot. If you want to do a reboot, do a reboot. Mm -hmm. Forget that all exists. Give us something brand new. That seems to be what you're trying to do. But point three, how many times can we do vulnerable person being hunted by future robot? Yep. Other person, um, well-trained soldier, reprogrammed robot, human Terminator hybrid, comes back to save them. 
there is some kind of giant vehicle crash yep. and it'll end in a factory. I'm tired of watching this movie now. I don't want to watch this movie anymore. I don't care anymore. Yeah. You know, you could remake Citizen Kane in 10 different ways. It's a bike. It's not a sled. It's Right. Uh, so it's a stack of pornos. It's <laughs> Rosebud. Um, it could be a lot of things. It's a scooter. But, yeah, but I know. It's funnier than you gave it credit for. Uh, a scooter. Okay, scooter. Better than stack of pornos. <laughs> but it's like, you know what? Loved it. Loved it the first time. Don't want no more of it. Yeah. So, I, yeah, look, they're going to do it. What is it going to take for them to learn to not do it anymore? Like this, This crashing, burning, and failing, but that happened to... Genesis. Actually, Genesis made a little money. did okay. Um, so who knows? I think if they just keep making money, they're going to keep making them. That's how the movie business works. Yep. Speaking of people who can't learn, yeah. Richard Linkletter wasn't satisfied with a movie that took 12 years to make. He oh wants to make a movie gosh, that will take 20 years to make. I don't, I don't understand this. I don't understand why this is a good idea. I Let's don't talk. think it's a good idea. <laughs> I think it's a bad idea. And I can't imagine he actually found some actors that are willing to do it. So it's kind of like, I mean, 20 years is a very long time he'll for be, a commitment for anything. Yeah, he'll be 79 when it's finished. It's crazy to me. Now, it's not. Here, here's the here's the pitch. It is he wants to do a musical version of "Merrily We Roll Along." I mean, it is a musical, um, right. one of Sondheim's musicals, yeah, uh, which is based on a play from the '30s. I think the Sondheim musical was out in the early '80s, um, and it's it itself covers uh, like 15 years of a movie producer's life, basically. Sure. Um, so that's what he wants to do. Uh, he wants it to shoot it over a 20 year period, like in real time. Yeah. Sondheim will long have departed uh, the stage uh, once it finally comes out, so he doesn't care. Um, He's just paying for the funeral at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, No offense. I hope he goes on forever. Um, Linkletter wants to... I don't know. I don't know. It's You look at Boyhood, and I I don't... I remember it took 12 years to make, but I don't think I ever cared about the process behind it. But you've got... Your buddy Ethan Hawke, who will do whatever, because you guys are buddies. Since Sure, I'll show up and shoot some more scenes. Right. You've got a kid who doesn't care because he's just a kid and he doesn't plan on really being an actor. Right. You've got, speaking of long cons, uh, yes. Patricia Arquette played the long con real well and got an Oscar out of it. So yeah. good investment there. And then in just everybody else, I guess. So that's one thing. But like, who's going to work on this? Who's going to agree to go on this 20-year journey with him? Right. It's a musical Music from 20 years ago won't be – you write the songs now. Yes. Will it even sound good in 20 years? We'll all be listening yeah, to a robot farting in 20 years. Right. So will that even <laughs> – it's like a lot of like guys and dolls at some point reached um, a nostalgic zone. Yes. You know? Like if Absolutely. guys and dolls is all like luck be a lady. If you listen to guys and dolls in the early 60s, you'd be like, don't give me that luck and luck be a lady swing stuff. I want to hear psychedelic rock or whatever. Sure. But then at some point it became like, oh, it's like the music of the, it's this Damon Runyon thing. Right, right, right. How do you, will the music itself be on the other side of a nostalgia horizon? Will it be like I'm just a girl who can't say no or something like that? Will it be right, right. something that is timeless in its own way? I mean, These are all questions that clearly Rick Linkletter has the answer for. He must. Otherwise, he wouldn't be pushing forward with us. So uh, 
I don't know. And I don't know if he, I don't think he can really predict the future either. Maybe he thinks that he can. Um, maybe he's like, he I, I want to do this because nobody else has done it before. And it's a novelty sort of thing. Well, it's certainly a novelty thing. What we got it. You know what? I, the next Terminator movie, yeah. I want to see directed by Richard Linkletter. Oh my gosh. Yes. And take 12 years to make. Well, what? when's the 20... 20- 79, when's the future, right? Right, right, right. And then when's the present? Yeah. Shot in real time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> over 35 years. Oh. Post-judgment day. Yeah. Won't be a lot of theaters. Won't no. be, it'll have to be digital distribution. Right. All the theaters are blown up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and we'll see it done in real time. Oh, that's They'll invent terrifying. robots to play robots right. in his film. Right. You're just making life. Yeah. Yeah. Art is not life. No. <laughs> Sometimes they imitate each other. Right. You're literally just doing life. Yes. There is a Bourget story about how the citizens of this country want to make the most accurate map possible, right? Mm-hmm. And so in order to do that, you have to have scale so you can see specific things on the map. And eventually sure. the map becomes of their country becomes the size of their country and just lays over the country. I mean, the most accurate sense. map possible. Sure. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The map is the territory. Yeah. Richard Linkletter. <laughs> it took 20 years and a apocalypse to make. Right? Okay, the reason that I brought up Just to Be With You, because that's a song by Mr. Big. Uh-huh. Mr. Big was a band in the 90s. They had one hit. I was going to say, yeah. To Be With You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Waiting on a line of greens and blues. Weird. <laughs> I, I think this is, I bought the, the cassette single for sure. this song. It's one of the first cassette singles I ever bought. Um, and the reason I bring it up is because the lead singer yeah. looks like a Gelfling. He is on the left in this picture oh. that I have brought up. It'll yeah. definitely probably be the show art for our show. He looks like Jen to me. He totally does. <laughs> Doesn't he? he? He's got the long flowy hair and, he's got, and a smile, but like kind of like a mask. Like, oh, his smile is a mask. Oh, you should well, write poetry and then throw it away. <laughs> Stop. I just mean like he's smiling, but his face isn't really moving. Like, now, it's tough in older pictures because he's got a thing. For, first of all, just for men, that he's he's on it. Yeah. But lo- look at this. This is yeah. horrible radio. But like, right, look right, how right. stretched and long his face is. He has yeah. a long face. And he's got kind of a mullet He has going. the full uh, lips, you know, uh, of, of the puppet. Uh, puppet. He's got uh, cheekbones that you could, uh, you know, cut cheese on. Yes. Look uh, at this. The, yeah, he totally looks he like a Gelfling. He is a real life Gelfling. <laughs> So I, and then plus he's you know it, it's the early '90s so they're wearing gloves they're wearing poet shirts and vests they look like they, they're in a fantasy situation yes there, they so, do yeah. um, they're wearing fantasy clothing which kind of makes I'm, a lot of lace yeah um, the mystics and the podlings must have been able to sew oh, yeah <laughs> I was thought there'd be like you know oh they're all building like this cord and then yeah. the mystics like ah! And they're like, Gary, <laughs> learn your part. told you not to chant with us. You're tone deaf. <laughs> this guy's no mystic. 
The Mystics, of course, come from the film The Dark Crystal, a 1982 yes. film directed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz and written by Jim Henson, starring nobody. <laughs> you don't nobody? Know. Well, I mean, just a bunch of voice actors uh, yes. that nobody would be really familiar with. Uh, but yeah, it was a 1982 fantasy adventure uh, voiced uh, by Frank Oz and by Jim Henson, um, Catherine Mullen, for, uh, Dave Gells, at uh, all, all um, storied. Uh, voice actors in their own right. Sure. What is the story of Dark Crystal? Um, well, there is this magical land called Thra, and there is a dark crystal that is important to all things Thra, and uh, this group of kind of like evil giant lizard birds, the Skeksis, are... They... Um, guard the crystal and get power from the crystal like the crystal gives them new life and they're very selfish creatures and they take podlings and gelflings who are smaller creatures and drain their essence using the the dark crystal so basically they use this crystal that's connected to the land to benefit themselves and it has hurt the land as a whole there is a um uh, what is it called? A there as a prediction that prophecy. prophecy thank What's you. Us in words. I know. Not hooking up today. Uh, prophecy that a Gelfling will um, destroy the Skeksis. So the Skeksis, in response to that, have killed most of the Gelflings. But little do they know that there is a Gelfling named Jen who lives with the Mystics, uh, and his master dies and sends him on a quest to get a shard for the crystal and then he doesn't know what else to do with the shard but he has to go find this woman named is it court agra agra thank you uh who is kind of a magician type person like she um she's like a sorcerer uh and uh he needs to go get the crystal from her he does that um, but the Skeksis are sending these evil bugs out to, like, destroy and kill and get the Gelflings. And, like, uh, he meets another Gelfling named Kira. And together they try to figure out what to do with the shard. And, uh, that's basically the adventure of the story. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of. Um... Yes, it is your very typical, um, yeah, and remember, we're working from the George Lucas playbook here. Yeah. Um, this coming out uh, before uh, Return of the Jedi, but yes. just, you know, in the middle of Star Wars, um, what, what do you call it? Fervor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, astral fervor. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's a, it's a boy on a quest who must go through a threshold and meet a goddess and yes. uh, do the whole do the whole deal yeah um it's all invented from the mind of uh jim henson mm -hmm. um he you know has created the muppets and kermit's you know beating other people up and coffee commercials in, you know, right. in the early days but he always had this like in his mind and he thought that at the time he said that this was like the, this is the most this is the most important thing I've ever done. It's right, like, right. Is it, is it really the most important thing? Yeah. Done? Probably yeah. not, though. But he was really serious about it. And when it didn't succeed, <laughs> and it didn't really succeed, uh, it was a, it was kind of a blow to him. He always wanted this to to be a, a real successful mm -hmm. and to be um, well loved. Yes. And it has become something of a cult 
uh, hit, you know, yeah. over, over time. Um, I remember having, I didn't see this when I was young. I did see it when I was older. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had like the comic book adaptation of it when I was a kid. Okay. And I think, I don't know. I don't, I can't remember who wrote it or who uh, drew it, but I don't think it was very clear because coming when i watched the movie i was like oh okay that there's a chris okay like it didn't tell the story very well oh i see okay i um i had a similar experience with the film i uh did not see it until i was older as well and i actually had a friend give me the dvd for my birthday and i was kind of like i think i was a little judgy of it because it's like i'm not a kid i didn't see this as a kid so i'm not like nostalgic that's why you're normal well (laughs) because it would have been pretty uh, traumatizing right um it's kind of dark for like a quote-unquote kids film i I don't know if would you consider this to be a kids film i mean i know it's puppets okay yes if it was an adult film it would be more interesting no it's amazing how boring this movie is for all of the amazing creature designs, yeah, and the, what what's at stake, I think it is very basic and it's very slow. It feels a yeah. lot longer than it is. I, I feel like having yeah, that's right. I'm taking on Dark Crystal. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like watching it again with more critical eyes. Uh, I feel like I can appreciate the film a little bit more. As an achievement, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and you would not get. I mean, you. You know, we were talking about Farscape before. You yes. go on to something from the late 90s, early 2000s, like Farscape, where you've got humans um, interacting with puppets, mm-hmm. and it's imaginative, and you, the reason you're using puppets is because you can do things that you couldn't do normally. You can have yes. a big bird man with a neck that couldn't support his head. Right. <laughs> a neck that's maybe the, you know, the width of a man's arm or leg. Mm-hmm. Um you couldn't do any of that with, you know, pustules and all gross hairs and stuff like that. Right. That would be all CG now. Yeah. Uh, I bet this cost nothing. I bet it cost a lot to build all these puppets, but it yes. cost nothing compared to what it would have cost to do CGI. CG renders. And there is CG in the show, which we'll talk about yeah. um, later. But, but the detail, like they are at the height of their game. Just watching it for the creature designs, mm. the, the attention to detail yeah. that... A little spoiler, I think is missing a little bit from the TV show, but mm. we'll, we'll get into that. It's shooting on HD's top. Yeah. Uh, you can't get away with as much. That is true. But just in like the very first scene where the Skeksis are doing the ritual of the sun or whatever, and they're yeah. trying to get um, life energy from the crystal, and they light hits the crystal, it shoots out into their eyes. Mm-hmm. Eyes are really important in this in this world. Absolutely. And we look, we kind of get an introduction to... I don't think we look at every face, but we look at most of the faces of yes. the Skeksis. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to know them just by their visual look because they all have yes. titles, but the movie never communicates that. You would only know the titles if you read the back matter, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we hear sure. Emperor and we hear Chamberlain and that's about it. Yeah. There's a scientist, there's mm-hmm. the heretic, there's all, you know, there's the chef, <laughs> there's the, right. the I... Schwanz guy, there's there's like uh, different names for all of them, but you never know these names. But mm-hmm. as we focus in on all their faces, you see the amazing detail and you see the articulation of the puppets in, we know this is a tense moment, we're supposed to feel like they feel sick and old and that there's, there's light is important to them. Right. And you see like that they breathe, you know, you see uh, 
like the twitching of an eye. You've tried to like hold your eyes open like in a staring contest, sure. you know, like one guy's eye is kind of twitching. One guy like swallows, like his gorge goes up and down, you know, and he's just like drinking in this sort of light. Yes. It's, you're setting the stage immediately for like, wow, what are we in for? Right. We're in for watching a, a marionette walk around for two hours. <laughs> I am not impressed by the Gelfling design. No. I, I wish they could have done more. Maybe it's a thing where, you know, you can project yourself onto something that is plainer. It would be hard for us to follow a Skeksis as a hero. Yeah. But the cute Gelflings who are talking, like they barely move. Yeah. We're supposed to see them as like the heroes. Well, I like the Boblins yeah. more than them. You like the what more than them? The, the Boblins or the oh. Bob, Bobkins or whatever. Okay, sure. The, the little guys. The little guys. The Podlings. Um, podlings. I, I like the podlings too, and I I think it is an interesting choice because you think about other creatures that uh, Henson and company have created over the years, and like, even Kermit, yeah, I was can just do that about thing that. where the the puppeteer makes his hand into a fist, and, and so his, Kermit's lip curls under, under his other lip, right? Like, mm. like he's yeah. irritated or yeah. something like that. Yeah, Kermit is way more expressive than the Gelflings, and I agree with you. I think that that is there's a Team America thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think you want that. No, I don't think you do either. Like, these are the but characters. Only in the face. Yeah. The movement is incredible. Like, you don't, see, and it's not strings, but I mean, you don't see the strings, so to speak. For long shots, they there's a real you know human actor that's wearing a Gelfling mask, um, but that's seamless when they're jumping up things or climbing down rocks. I mean, it's all an unbelievable achievement that if it had succeeded, we would have been looking at a slew of puppet movies in the 80s, I think. Oh, sure. But we, we didn't get that. No. And and I think maybe that's one the Gelflings being not as expressive. I think is one thing that I didn't when I initially watched this film, I didn't really end up relating to them that well because yeah how how can you know the, you're kind of like shut off emotionally yeah which is and an negative well it's tough because there's two of them left period so yeah. they don't have a society to really to, to talk about like the one is raised by. A bunch of walking noses, basically. Yes. And then the other one's raised by podlings who are awesome, but don't get a lot of development in this film. Right. Outside of just being like the Ewok characters. Yeah, pretty much. Um, speaking of connections to other properties, do you see what I see, little drummer boy? That it's clear that Shigeru Miyamoto got his inspiration for Legend of Zelda from this? Uh, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, Do I need to sell it more? <laughs> well, You've got no. a young elf creature, elf-like creature. Yeah. Goes on a quest. Yep. For a, a thing of power. Yes. That involves a triangle. Uh, yes. He meets a blonde princess uh-huh. who he ultimately must help and save and whatever. Yes. Um, there's somebody, there's an ocarina. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, I don't know what else, what else to tell you. Yeah. He's got to restore a land from darkness to light. There's a power. Yes. There's a palpable darkness which must be cleansed in or in uh, exchange for light. Yes. Um, I, I think you're onto something. Yeah. It's dangerous to go alone. Don't take anything. <laughs> and mystics that... just go, you got to go on a quest, dude. I know. And then it's like, you guys going to give me a gun or a flashlight or something? Nope. <laughs> They don't give him anything, and I get that it's a kid's movie, but still, you know, you feel like you're going to be attacked. Hate to break it to you, yeah. but so, Well, we yeah. meet uh, Agra, who is another um, 
amazing contraption. You know, there's clearly a, a human being in there, but yes. like her puppet is incredible. Um, the eye thing is weird. It's so weird. Um, inspired, I think, by Greek mythology. There's some characters that share an eye or something like that. Okay, all um, right. Yeah, but she's she's neat. Um, n- nobody dies in this, do they? Well, the one podling, well, the, the 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 podling attack. They, I don't think a single creature dies in this, except for the one guy that falls. Yeah, in the, there's in a the Skeksis and then a Mystic that die in this. Yeah, but that's it. Um, because otherwise everybody's just captured. You see these like giant crab things, and you're like, yeah. oh man, that's bad. But all they do is just like grab people. And they're kind of dumb, so they're fine. pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah. I, I like how the they... Kool Aid Men. I know because you'll just You're have right. a, it's just a random scene going on. That's like, oh, we're having a pretty good time. Oh my god! They just bust through the <laughs> wall of the walls. studio. Yes, you know? yeah, exactly. And they they were told by the Skeksis to get the Gelfling, and they have this. Well, huge... they don't know what a Gelfling looks like. Apparently, I guess. <laughs> but like they they just grab a bunch of podlings. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is good. We'll bring them back. You know, it's like, wow, you guys are really bad at your job. Yeah. And what I, what this thing suffers, I think, because you've got this character who is going on this Lord of the Ringsy quest. Mm-hmm. In fact, at one point he even says, you know, I'd wish I'd, I wish this, the shard had never come to me. It's yeah. Like, okay. I know. All right, Frodo. Yeah. But he's got nobody to talk to until halfway through the movie. And so it's, it's just a bunch of clumsy voiceover. Which That's is not good. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. He's literally just going, hmm, I wonder if Agra's around here. Puppet, you're looking around. Like, we get what you're looking for. I, it's clumsy. It is clumsy. And then, like, we get the moment where, like, he has to pick the shard. And he's like, which one should I pick? Hmm. And he gets his, I don't uh, know. his Aulis, his uh, two-pipe thing. thing out. Yeah. yeah. And then he he plays, and then he can tell which one it is. Which is That's like, cool. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. But, like, why did we have to hear him say which one is it like we could just see him looking at them yeah but we know he's got to do something with it and i feel like it's it's too bad that kira has to be it's like when kira's kidnapped and then we introduce this element of uh we drain the essence of things you know we've turned the podlings into like gray mindless slaves yeah and i'm gonna do that to her now now suddenly there's stakes because it's like Saving the world is maybe too big for him to understand, but he does understand that he doesn't want that cute girl, the wings, to get to get hurt, drained. So right. now he's got to get in there and do something. Yeah, um, it kind of lights a fire under him. In other words, what was going on with? Don't we're not going to talk about the show yet because mm-hmm. we'll get there in a second. Yeah, what was going on with the connection between the Skeksis and the Mystics? I was given to understand mm-hmm. that, and they say this at various points in the film that a thousand years ago. Yeah. I think, which is not very long. No. I mean, it's, it's long, too long for Linklater to make a movie about it. But <laughs> but it's like they did something to the crystal or they got greedy with yeah. power. And it, it seemed to imply that they were split into the Skeksis and the Mystics. Yeah, it seemed to be that's what it so was. So that we see the Chamberlain, we see all these like other Mystics or uh, Skeksis and they are in a way the Mystics. Yes. So much so that, like, one of them falls in the volcano and, like, one of the mystics just burns up. Yeah. And so once they finally get there and go, oh, ah, yeah. they, uh, they all merge together and become the weird white tree people. Yes. Who exactly. Can resurrect a gelfling. Right. Like, right. Well, and there's at one point, um, because he wasn't given a weapon, Jen, like, takes the shard and, like, scratches one of the Skeksis yeah. on the hands and we see that a mystic is bleeding. Yeah. So we get a little bit of a 
Hmm. Yeah, it's a sense that they're connected before we actually know that they are. Yeah. Well, um, let's continue that thought by uh, giving a rating. Um, I I would recommend it. Um, I oh, guess that's right. We don't do ratings. We do. Ratings. Uh, well, I was I thinking don't know. of Sailor Noon. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess I would. I don't know if I would give it a three or a four. No, 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 no. We, no? we, we go thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, okay, I would recommend it. I I guess I would just say keep an open mind when you're watching it because this is a fully realized world. I feel like even though there's, it could be more detailed than it is, but it is a. It is a world. Yeah, that's something when people talked about, like, the Netflix series, you know, will revisit the amazing lore of the... Yeah. It, does it have amazing lore? There's basically two locations in the film. I know. <laughs> there's the Mystic Camp and then the Endpoint, the castle. And yeah. then on the way, there's Agra's uh, Orrery and then yes. there's uh, the Bob Boblin Village. I know yeah. I got it wrong again. The Podlin Village, yeah. So, well... I would recommend it because, yeah, I mean, it's worth seeing. Uh, we're going to change all that when we come up with The Age of Resistance, a prequel. Hey, where are you going? A prequel <laughs> series to the Dark Crystal film, which is going to fulfill the promise of that amazing lore world that we're going to see. Right. And it's on Netflix right now. It is. We're talking about the first couple episodes. Mm-hmm. It's a star-studded cast. It Taron is. Edgerton of a bunch of movies that I've not watched. He's probably the most famous movie star whose movies I have not watched because they don't look very good to me. Uh, Mark Hamill is in it. Um, yes. Your ears will tell you immediately. Yeah. Anya Taylor-Joy has a large role. Natalie or Nathalie Emmanuel from Game of Thrones is yes. in it. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter is in it. Andy Samberg, Natalie Dormer, Simon Pegg, Alicia Vikander, Eddie Izzard, Keegan-Michael Key, Jason Isaacs, Toby Jones, Mark Strong, Gugu Mbatha-Raw, Katriona Balfi, uh, Harvey Firestein, who... <laughs> Still still going. Love that Harvey Firestein. Uh, on and on and on and on and on. And Sigourney Weaver as the narrator. Yes. And Sigourney Weaver as the beaver. <laughs> if we didn't mention Aquafina, Lena Headley, and Shazad Latif, we just didn't have the time. <laughs> what happens in Dark Crystal Age of Resistance? Um, well, we're starting... Gosh... Does the, 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 I'm I sure the narrator mentions the year. No, no, because we don't talk about years. Now they're... I was going to say Arns, that's Farscape. But they have some word that is supposed to mean years. Yeah. But they're, they're, we're going so far back that there are the world is still populated with Gelflings. There are seven different tribes, we are told. Which we fly over the land and we see their sigils and stuff. And it's right. like, guys, calm down. I know. Calm down. I know. We would have watched it anyway. Yeah. But <laughs> the, they're, they're going really hard on that. Um, and one of the ones... I don't want it. (laughs) I know. One of the areas that we see is Hurrah, which is ruled. Hurrah. Yeah. It's ruled by, they're the ruling Gelflings. They're the supposedly most intelligent. They rule over all the other Gelflings. They're the most uh, Tolkien elf of the Gelflings. Yes. And there is a queen who rules the land and the Skeksis work and her work really well together. She has three daughters, the youngest of which, uh, is incredibly curious. Yeah. Yeah. She's... Yeah, exactly. She's she loves like, books. She loves books. She's kind of like Belle and Ariel combined. She like She's super curious about everything. Uh, and she loves books. Belle is and, Ariel, isn't she? Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Um, Only one wants to get married real bad. Yeah, that's true. Gets married whether she likes it or not. Right. Um, 
So she's, like, just trying to find out, like, what is going on. She later gets, like, this weird vision and she goes to these these Gelflings that are uh, kind of like mystics. Um, and uh, so she's a character that we're following. There are also Gelflings in the, in the castle where the Skeksis um, live and work with the Crystal. Uh, and they are there to guard the Skeksis and, like, take them on uh, yeah, they work government visits yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and so we meet... Uh, a couple of Gelfling there. Um, one is named Mira, and gosh, what is the guy's Rian? Yeah. yeah, is the guy's name, and they're in love. And uh, his dad is the captain of the Gelflings and is charge of the the safety of the Skeksis and stuff like that. So he's really well respected. But uh, uh, gosh, I forgot his name already. Which one? Um, Rian? Rian. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Rian. Um, or is it Ryan? <laughs> I think it's Rian. Depending but, on whether he directed The right, Last Jedi or not. Right. Uh, but he um, really wants his father's respect and everything. and But he just, whatever he does, he seems to get himself in trouble. Yep. Uh, and then we meet a, another Gelfling who lives where the Gelflings live underground. I forget what that area is called. I don't know. Um, but her name is like Deet or Deidre. Deet. And there is a magical tree underground that talks to her and she gets this vision of the darkening. And the medicine woman is like, you have to go see the queen right. and let her know. <laughs> and she, so she's like, okay. And she has to go above ground. It's her first time above ground. And she runs into a podling who helps protect her from like this spider-like creature and then they decide to go to hurrah together so she's kind of on a quest and rian later is on a quest of his own to also go to the queen um so there is so the skexies have kind of become more evil just in this first episode because we well see they discover that they can suck the life out of people so yes that's bad. so they decide they're going to do that to preserve themselves um, and that's what Rianne is going to warn the queen about. Yeah. So. Um, I want to make sure uh, in all this hubbub and all this listing of, of characters. Yes. And names and places that yes. uh, populate this world. Uh, I want to make sure that you did talk about Hup because Hup is Bay. What? Hup is the podling that oh, we meet. Yes. Who's the podling? Who's a podling paladin? Yes, and he has a <laughs> magical spoon that is a sword. Yes, and we meet him as he's like combing his hair and he's getting ready for his day and he's like eating a little. So eating this oatmeal, it's good stuff. And uh-huh. he, you know, fixes himself up and then he's like shakes his hair out and he's like, yeah, I'm looking good. <laughs> and he gets out there, yeah. I love that we are, you could not go 10 episodes in this without digging into the podlings. Well, that's very true. And, and I'm, they were just I'm set glad, dressing in the first film. but I'm, I'm glad we're getting to see a little bit more of them as well. And um, we realized too that Ogre in the second episode, like I'm not sure well, we how gotta, long. Yeah, we have to talk about the, um, the world building here because... Okay, yeah. There is something of a retcon, unless I don't understand what's going on, which is we were led to believe in the first movie that we don't know exactly the origin of the Skeksis or the Mystics, but that they 
are they're both they're one somehow. Yes. And and when this starts, Sigourney Weaver tells us right out that they're aliens. They are literally from another planet. We know okay. that Thea is not Earth. It is another world. It has three signs. Thra. Thra, yeah. Uh, and that um, the Skeksis like come from another planet. So okay. they are basically aliens okay. who had technology or magic and basically took over this planet. And so right. now they live in this situation where everybody on the planet was like, all right, whatever. Like clearly they're smart and they have knowledge and power so we're just going to work for them yes we don't know how i'm assuming it must be a thousand years before dark crystal and so the events of this show which we have not finished yet um will feature them becoming corrupted and splitting into because there are we there are no mystics on the ground here we don't see any mystics nobody's mentioned them ogre mentions them once really she does she's like maybe i could go to the mystics and then she was like no I don't, there's no time for puzzles. I'm going to go to the Skeksis and they'll know what's okay, going on. Okay, well, we so I don't know where we are. Right. Uh, a lot of things get lost in the mists of time, and so maybe they, they don't know their own history. Um, I certainly don't. But And we also get that Ogra's like, I didn't like the way it was phrased because it seemed like she kind of sold the planet out. It did. Because the Skeksis... I didn't like that either. We found out that Skeksis built her orrery or gave her her orrery. Yes. And so she uses that to be an astronaut basically and travel through and explore space yes um and she does it for long long periods of time which i found uh, fascinating i mean we know that she's old but we also know that she's not i don't think she's like alive or human in the general sense she's some kind of like mystic creature and so the guy who is taking care of her or at least like dusting you know her lab she wakes up and he's like, ah, and she's like, get me something to, to drink. And she figures out that it's like, you look so old. And then she figures out that this guy is actually the grandson of the guy yes. that she's thinking of. Yes. So, yeah, she's been gone for a long time. Yes. Um, s- sailing the spaceways, you know, which I find fascinating. I also like that. Th- you think that she was so mysterious in the, in the first one. You can't repeat that. I guess we understand that she's like this weird thing that can take her eye out. But like we yeah, get yeah. right into it. Like she's going to be a character in this thing. Now she hasn't shown up in again in the first three episodes. But right. like she is a part of this world. Um, basically, I here, let me tell you what I thought. Yeah. I was really depressed about having to watch this. Oh, OK. I respect the Dark Crystal, but I don't like the Dark Crystal all that much. I understand where you're uh, It's from. something that I watch all the time. And so I was like, oh, great, more of this. Mm-hmm. Sat down, immediately hooked, can't wait to finish it. Um, they t- Whoever it is, if it's Brian Henson himself, whoever he gets to like write stuff, they know how to write this stuff. It's right. what It's what the prequels were lacking when... Just George Lucas was writing them. Mm-hmm. You know, he used to know how to take talented people, give them some ideas, and then let them write good stuff. And right. so, we've already pointed out that they've definitely borrowed a few things that we're familiar with sure, yeah. from other things. But every single scene, we know where we're going. There's stakes. We want to know what the characters are going to. Uh, experience mm-hmm. they've already had setbacks and loss and tough choices. Yes, and it's all colored with that great. Um, Sesame Street Muppets Henson humor you know there's mm-hmm. this scene where Thea or not Thea um, Brea goes to the mystic because he's going to tell her what to do yes but the mystic we find out is sort of like in the pocket of the powers that be and he yes. wants he's going to give her a potion to forget all these amazing things she's seen because we don't want to upset the balance yes but she is you know intrepid she's our hero she switches the glasses 
uh, Princess Bride style. Yes. And now the guy himself has lost his memory, or at least lost the memory of what he's supposed to do to her. And so it's like this dark kind of thing that she's basically erased this guy's mind. I know. But she gets the information out of him, and then he's like, oh, do you have a question? Do I have a question? Am I in trouble? Are you in trouble? <laughs> What's your I think name? we're all in trouble, yeah. <laughs> and they just find this way to, like, make it funny. Yeah. It's that why, like, Hup is like, I got my eye on Hup. He's my guy here. I like, yeah. I like the fact that he is, like, this pure soul. We can't understand half the things that he says, you know, right. but he is a hero in his own right. And he is just ridiculous and fun. And that's exactly what the Dark Crystal should have been more, the film. Yes, I agree with you. Um, it seems like they're having more fun with it this time around they than they did. They are successfully so far uh, doing what they said they would, which is uh, building on this lore yes. and giving us this world yes. that we want to see. You've got a character who I'm not sure who's the most like Jen in this, but I think it might be Deet. Like you've got this character yeah. who is sort of cast out of the world that she knows and is in this weird world where she's just trying to find she doesn't know what you've got the disney princess character in brea yeah and then you've got this weird like tragic story uh with rian who lo- loses yes. like his girlfriend who's just atomized by this process that yes. uh, mark hamill puts her through and he's like on the run he's a fugitive and he's got to find out like what the, the secret is of what they're doing and so right yeah i mean so far it's it when I when people go watch the something prince you know or watch Shira or yeah. watch these Netflix shows it's basically the same thing but it's just the charm it's the strength of the characters that make this better than those like I feel like those are very rote when I watch them and I'm just really getting into this yeah um and I think it it's you know a lot of it is like like the interesting characters um you know like. I know this is a trope that you see often, but, like, the princess who's, like, a little bit too nosy for her own good or a little, you know, maybe her curiosity gets the best of her, that yeah. sort of thing. But And I, I like how the Skeksis are, are evil, but they're not evil like we're just going to eat things alive and we're going to drain the, the life essence of stuff. Like, they're just super self-serving. Yeah. And so, like, selfish. they're headed to her town and she bumps into them and the one guy's like, yeah, check it out. Why not? Like, yeah, let's let's hear. Oh, you know how to read. Oh, that's pretty cool. She can read. And it's weird to think of the Skeksis as not being villains yes. yet, necessarily. Yes. They're developing into that. Yeah. Yeah. They get a lot more um, defined characters in this as well. Yes. Um, uh, Simon Pegg takes over from Frank Oz as uh, as the Chamberlain in this. Yes. And we start to see that Chamberlain begins. We start to see that he's already <laughs> very sort of treacherous and yes. such. Yes. Um, but yeah, you're kind of like, I don't want to say rooting for him, but you kind of want to know like, oh, what's he going to do? Like, where, where's he going with this? Right. Right. Um, of course having Mark Hamill is just, you gotta have that. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, he's just enjoying himself. Like, I think he always is. Um, but yeah. Um, it, Mark it's... Hamill and Frank Oz back together. I know, right? <laughs> Get on his back for old time's sake. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know. It's just seeing the, uh, the the Chamberlain work the strings and everything. And, like, he talks his way. He's very good with, with speech. And, like, he talks his way out of being in trouble and then gets the scientist in trouble. And we get to see well, – we get a little uh, Room 101 uh, 1984 action here. But we get yeah. to see how the scientist gets his robot eye. I know. Which I wasn't really looking for. But now one of the guys in the original movie has, like – a, 
uh, our robot claw. He's got like a prosthesis <gasps> oh, instead we'll of a hand. Oh, I bet we'll see that too. So we're going to see how he gets his hand. Yeah. That, as long as we contain the how did we so-and-so get there something to one thing, yes. just a side thing, and it's not the whole plot like the Hobbit movie or like the prequel trilogy. Yes. Fine. Like you yeah. got your own story. You go, oh, okay, that's how that guy um, got a robot eye. Oh, that's right. fine. Sure. Right. I, right. I don't want the whole story to be that, like you How said. How does he become Darth Vader? Yeah. <laughs> Is the yeah. answer some bad stuff happened? Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Exactly. Now you know the, the whole story. <laughs> uh, anything else that you wanted to say? Um, I think the Gelflings look um, more plastic. Mm-hmm. They look less real. Yeah. But I think that it's par- par- partially... Which is how they construct puppets now. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's better for some. They look the faker they look, the more I relate to them. I, I see what you're saying. They were a little too soft and real, and then, like we said before, like botoxy, like yeah. not expressive. And they they have leaned into the fakeness, and it makes me um, identify with them more. Yeah. And then we also see just like a bunch of them. Like, is their is their friend supposed to be a black girlfriend? I kind of got that, but I was like, I didn't, I didn't want to say anything. I'm glad there's diversity. That's all. Yeah. Right. But like. I also like the fact that this one element that is literally just a story element in the first movie, the dream fasting, where they can share memories. Yeah. Because how do you get these two weird gelflings who as a culture or as a species have a, a, a deep connection, but don't know each other. Well, they just touch hands and now they can share their minds and thoughts. Yeah. They took that and now they're exploring it. So you've got a pair of lovers who, um, while they are being romantic, they can share the time they first met. They can relive yes. it together. Then you've got Rian who's got the memory of he's, – he's the, the CCTV camera. He's got the yes. data tape in his mind of seeing the Skeksis do this horrible thing. He's able to share it with his friend. Yes. So immediately he doesn't have to convince his friend that he's innocent. He he knows because he feels yes. his memories. But he can't share that himself. He can't share his Rian's memory. His friend can't share it, yes. So they've got to get Rian. He's the black box now. They have to get him to the powers that be so he yes. can share it with them yes. and prove that the people that they trust – those gross, drippy bird monsters are really bad guys. I know, right? Surprise, surprise. Yeah, that's an, instead of just like jerking off about all the different aspects of like what the species can do, it like specifically relates to the story and everybody's goals. That is a great element. It is. Good um, job. I, I think it's interesting. Chef's kiss. Right. How he's like, I have to prove this to the queen, so I'm going to get Mira's essence. Like, because there was one vial that the scientist put away. Right. Um, how is she going to know that that's Mira's essence? Like, how is she going to know for sure? Well, you know, I mean, he's going to show her the memories, I guess. Right. And then he'll ha- also have this sample. Right. The first one's free. <laughs> Maybe they'll be able to dream fast with her essence. That would be weird. Because <laughs> it's it's her still. Well, Maybe, I maybe when you dream fast, you're sharing... Your essence, you're just not giving it away. So huh. maybe she'll be able to like smell it and and know that it's Mira. oh my god, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. huh, yeah. Um, it it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because as of right now, the queen of the Gelflings is um, incredibly. She feels uh, very um, 
like the Skeksis have given her everything and shared everything. And so she very much respects them and um, gives them everything. So is she going to believe Rianne? And what is she going to do about it? I think is it's going to be. Yeah, we, we, we might be heading for a, um, you know, she's the quizzling here because she's already basically made noises about how. I don't care what you saw, Brea. Like we gotta, we can't mess with things. You know, we, right. we get what we need from them, um, even though they don't seem to be have our best interests at heart. But what are we gonna do here? Right, they're in charge. Yeah. So uh, we have to fall in line. Yeah. So. Um, I take it you recommend it. Uh, I would recommend it. I I I'm enjoying it so far. Um, I'm enjoying uh seeing this this world being explored more um and maybe at the end of it i'll have a better idea of what all the seven clans are like yeah we need another um swirling uh, montage going yes. from place to place or i'm just not gonna get it <laughs> i um once what again do you think cal i i absolutely recommend this it's been very entertaining so far um i don't even think you needed to get a balls out celebrity voice cast do you know what i mean yeah, but they did you probably could have just had you know we talked about this a, a little while ago like what does steve blum think or mimi woods or whatever think right every time they see taron edgerton get a big voice role it's like yeah i know oh well go back and count my manga money or whatever like, right I, i'm sure they're doing fine but yeah they're professionally trained to do this and then the kingsman comes in and takes your job yeah i know but that's neither here nor there like it's it's been really great so far although i do think it's funny that we we are adding new things but we are still kind of building up what came in the in the, in the first film. movie. Yeah. So if they're really going to give us like all oh, the lore that Brian Frude, you know, the designer of uh, and and uh, uh, Jim Henson of this world have come up with, can we see some other stuff? Like you yeah. literally come up with seven kinds of Gelflings. There's even Gelflings that are basically dwarves because they live underground. Right. You couldn't have just had dwarves or like a dwarf-like <laughs> alien. Yeah. You've got I, the elves yes. and the Gelflings. Yes. But you've got like dwarf elves, dwarves. Yes. Uh, and then you've got the uh, pop poplars. The podlings. <laughs> who are uh, uh, your gnomes, basically. They're goofy. And then yeah. like that's it. Yeah. So it's like, let's see some more stuff. Yeah. And then the you wildlife have... is amazing. Clearly inspired by um, undersea wildlife. There's a lot of like yes. crab spiders. Um, there's the anemone plants, you know, that like pull in when you walk close. And Which are pretty cool. Um, and that then great the... part of the movie where he's in the woods and he sneezes or something. And then like all the sea anemone things will yes. roll up and like ball up and roll away. And, and I like, I can't remember what the little dog-like creatures are called, but they're like little balls well, of Well, Fizzgig is the named one in, in the movie. Yes. And they have like two different sets of teeth. Yeah. So they're supposed to be kind of ferocious. But Deep meets one of them and is like, oh, do you want to come with me to hurrah? And then another one shows up and basically yells at that one. So they have to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like this is where we're referencing the film but it's not going to be like the film yeah i think is what we're supposed to get from that yeah absolutely definitely check it out even though it lacks one particular skexis the drilliest of them all voiced by john bernthal <laughs> <laughs> come on dark crystal come on <laughs> hold on little girl show me what he's done to you stand up little girl 
I think he would have fit just fine. Yeah, I the Skeksis have a, a way of uh, overemphasizing certain things. Yes, would have been easy for Jason Isaacs to say, "We'll live forever." <laughs> Instead, he's like, "We'll live forever." <laughs> so, so it's good to let Jason Isaacs open it up a little bit. Yes, and it meeting his mouth because he usually talks like this. He talks like this. Jaw wired shut. <laughs> Well, if you want more examination of various celebrity elocutions, come on back to Just Enough Trope. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, all those great places. Yes. Here's the deal. We told you about the, th- we told you about the Seether before. You know the one that's neither or nor. <laughs> uh, we also told you about the uh, survey. You got to go check that out. Yes. We appreciate that. That's Me shutting too. down soon. So do that if you have not done that yet. Uh, subscribe to the show. Uh, we need you to be on for us so we can see that you're there. So wherever you get it, we're always looking naughty or nice. Uh, subscribe to the show. Uh, give us a review. We like to hear mm-hmm. what you think uh, we're doing because we want to know what we're doing because we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and give us a rating because that's how we know that you know that we're doing a good job. And yes. also those computers that run everything yeah. know. Uh, link letter. Careful. Don't start shooting yet. <laughs> Your Terminator movie. Uh, we'll take care of all that. So we need you to give us a rating, a high one, hopefully. How yes. about five shards of a crystal now i was Sounds given good. to understand that the crystal turned purple after it lost the shard its piece it oh. cracked but now we're yeah, learning that the crystal's power has just been corrupted by the little retcon by the yeah. evil of the skexies yeah and, and i'm not cracked. sure that it has cracked yet although we see in the scientist's vault which is uh sealed by the lock snake which is that should be in D&D. Right. Gary Gygax is kicking himself in heaven right now. <laughs> uh, that there are pieces of a crystal in there, some crystal. Now, I don't know if okay. that is going to be uh, viewed later or if it's just a cool rock that the scientists found. Right. A geode or something. I don't know, but we'll see. So in the meantime, too much confusion. Give us five stars. We'd appreciate it. We'll be back next week to talk about something completely different. Yes. And until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. Be-